from Los Angeles. I'm Alex Curry here with NBA champ Richard Jefferson, Heisman Trophy winner Matt Leiner, and the voice of the Lakers, Chris Geeter McGee, who's barefoot. out. Like, <laughs> that's inappropate, dude. Today. No, 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 no. You I thought about it. I thought about it. You can't have your toes out, Geet. Like, pedicure tomorrow. Are you really? Yeah, well. I just got my first one yesterday since March. Uh, well, I want to thank everybody who's live with us here on Caffeine. Remember, we love that you're a big part of the show. And if you're listening to us later on iTunes, remember, you can watch us live on Tuesdays. Be a part of this conversation. Now, this has been a really emotional week. And I like to think of all of us as really positive people. It's, yeah. it's, kind, of, it's kind of our thing. We're all really positive people. So it's been hard. And I want this show to not only be an escape and a happy place for us and for our listeners, but I also want it to be a safe place to have these open and real conversations. And I feel like today we're going to have both and we have, we have to, it's like, it's, you cannot (laughs) not talk about the NBA. Did you just triple not? You can't not, 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 you can't not, 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 not. not. okay. You can't not, not. Was that a triple not or a double not? I think it's a triple not. Okay. I haven't seen many triple knots pulled off successfully. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Alex Curry. Thanks. Thank you very much. Good job, Alex. <laughs> Good job, Alex. She's like, can you. we just focus on the <laughs> No, it's, it's tough. I mean, I, I think all of us, like even when we were talking about this last night via mm-hmm. text, it was mm-hmm. like all of us are just kind of like struggling. Where to? Where do you begin? How do we actually feel about it? How do you approach it? And Geeter and Rich, you guys were front and center watching the NBA make history last week, boycotting their games in response to the shooting of Jacob Blake. And I know, Geet, you were about to go on air and, and call a game. And Rich, I'm yeah. sure you were probably right in the same boat. Mm-hmm. How do you feel the players handled this boycott in this situation, Geet? After about a week, it's been almost a week of kind of reflection and doing shows about it. Uh, like Rich, the Lakers had a game that night. So I was preparing for that game. And I remember my boss sending me a text during the day, like, Hey, we got to be ready in case something goes down. And I, in my mind, I was thinking, not that. Yeah. Uh, and then all of a sudden there I am watching, getting ready to watch Orlando Milwaukee at my desk and, and they boycott the game. And then I knew mm-hmm. that the players were going to follow, um, solidarity. And we had a show and Robert Ori and James Worthy were on that show and big shot, Rob, in our first segment, I asked him his feelings when he watches videos that he sees now on Twitter or Jacob Blake. And he he wasn't planned. It wasn't scripted. He went in and he talked about the conversation he had with his 14-year-old son the day before, and he started getting emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talked about how he talks to his 21-year-old son, and, and he had a line that said, I've lost one kid. I'm not losing another. Uh, that video went viral. You know, 3.4 million views on Twitter. It went to CNN. Wow. It, it, it went everywhere. And for me, I wasn't, I'm not going to say I wasn't prepared in that moment, but it was a real moment for me mm-hmm. uh, to listen, to learn, to not interject, uh, and and just kind of guide Rob and James and where they, they wanted to go. And I've had a lot of reflection since that time. And I have to be honest with you guys. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm really proud of the players. Yeah. And I know that's not shared by everyone. And I understand everyone's allowed to have their views. But I heard the argument. Those guys make $20, $30 million a year. They have big houses. What does skipping one day of work mean? And for me, I didn't look at it like that. I looked at it as, man, these are young hoopers. Mm -hmm. These are young men. And they, that's all they do is hoop. And that's what they want is the playoffs. That's their moment. And they're actually walking away from it. 
because of what's going on in our country. That takes way more courage than shooting a basketball. That's more than just dribbling. That's sticking up for what you believe in. And I was, I had a sense of pride that I belong to this league in some way. And I think what's different now than before, and that's in talking to James and talking to Kareem and talking to Karan Butler and talking to Rich. James couldn't do that back in his day. He was scared to lose his job and his livelihood, thought he would be blackballed. You're seeing young superstars in our league in their early 20s using their platforms to stick up for what's right. That is real to me. It's not about the money, people. You're missing the whole point. They're using their platforms to bring awareness to what's happening in our country. So I had this real sense of pride, Alex. Yeah. I, I, I really did. I'm, I'm proud of everyone in that that, that, was, that, that, that delivered on a, on a big stage and then talked mm-hmm. like humans are supposed to talk in Americans. Let's work this out. Let's bring the, the owners to the table. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? Well, we're going to set up every arena in our, in our league. Huge. For voting, so big. for people can go to vote in a safe place. You know what Chris Paul's going to do? He's going to sit down, young guys, and Rich will tell you about the guys in the league. Half of them probably never voted, some of these young guys. They're barely old yeah, enough hey, to vote. Hey, here's how you register to vote. Yeah, yeah. It's a big deal. Uh, yeah, it, it is tough, man. You you look at the, you know, just the entirety situation, and it's just like anything. You know, my, my one of you. You know, one of my favorite movies, you know, Usual Suspects, oh. you know, one of the greatest lines at the end of the movie, at the history of cinema is like the greatest trick that the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he didn't exist. And it's like when you think about it, it's like, yo, like people can convince the world that like, hey, racism doesn't exist. And well, black on black crime and no more that all of that stuff, you know, that you can you can do anything that you want, but everyone knows <clears> the <throat> truth. It's just whether or not you want to admit it. And, you know, just like anything, I look back at our history. Like, I remember when Muhammad Ali died. It was like mourning across the world, yeah. across the world. Like Muhammad Ali, just this charismatic, the, the champ, the this, the that. Like, oh, my God, Muhammad Ali, he just inspired generations across sports. Like one of the greatest worldwide athletes this world has ever seen. Right. He's probably on the Mount Rushmore of athletes and like people in that space that we've ever seen. You know, Babe Ruth could be Michael Jordan. It could be Messi. It just, you know, Pele. There's there's like a handful of guys. But it's like very quickly we forget that Muhammad Ali was like this man lost his title because he chose to not go and fight the Viet Cong, like to go fight in Vietnam. He lost his title. Didn't fight for three years. He was fighting for social justice in the in the 70s. Like this man, when you talk about losing everything, but then all of a sudden, that's what people talk when they say, everyone hears these terms over and over again, but that's what they talk about being on the right side of history, mm-hmm. right? The right side of history means like if you're passionate about something and you believe in equality or if you believe in something and you believe in inclusion and you stand up for it, you most likely will be on the right side of history. And so I looked at when he passed away, how the whole world was impacted. But then I also look at all the things that he went through, death threats, like, you know, people, you know, trying to kill him, like all of this stuff that was going on. And it's like, did did we just forget that he is a Muslim, right? That he is a Muslim, that he is from America, that he was in jail or not in jail, but I think he might, he got arrested. That he lost his title for three years and couldn't fight, didn't have any money. Like, we forget about that story. Like, that shows you 
that these athlete, athletes have been influenced by so many people and the ones that came before him, whether it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, whether it was Bill Russell, Jackie Robinson. It's like you look at these athletes and it's always like we look at our history like, oh, yeah, that's history. It's like, no, that was my parents. That's my grandparents. Right. Like that, that, that shows you it was like my, my, my mom, when she first started going to school, schools were still segregated. That's crazy. Like, think about that. That shows you that we're not too. So, right. so whatever my mom's experience are gets projected down onto me. Right. Like, Hey, you know, watch when you go do this, watch where you go do that. When we were in, you know, in the sixties and seventies and we were out protesting, these are the things that happened. And so I, I, I'm glad that, you know, America you know, is listening more to these stories. We're learning more about our history and not in a way to beat people down, but in a way to be better, Mm -hmm. right? Like I'm not here to be like, oh, you know, white people are bad and you got an advantage because your great, great, great grandfather owns like, no, that's not, that's not the point that's trying to make. The point is trying to make is that there were things that were put in place many, many years ago that none of us had anything to do with, but ultimately how can we all fix it? That's the question. And how can we all adjust? And so I think players around the world, um, you know, you look at Naomi Osaka, like she decided to boycott, right? Her, her, her semifinal match in, in tennis and then baseball players. and football. So it was more of just like, Hey, look, everybody, let's all try and get on the same page here. There there's, um, that's well said both you guys. I mean, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of layers to this, obviously, you know, Pete Carroll just came out. I don't know if you guys watched it, but he had about a 10, 12 minute interview all about this and it was really powerful um and it was basically saying white people need to be coached up like period and he was calling out his other coaches and 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 players and and really all of us and i thought it was it was pretty incredible and um you know for me you know it's 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 crazy to think colin kaepernick four i think four years ago took a knee right for police brutality all of the same things we're talking about now and he got blackballed essentially got blackballed they can everyone yeah. can say what they want he got well, blackballed he, from he, the he won the settlement yeah. let's yeah. just let's just well yeah. listen you, you but know. but he that's what he was doing and he was standing up for um you know the black community and, and against police brutality and social injustice and all those things and and here we are four years later and i think it's it's really incredible to see finally the voices being heard and i know for me like like i i talked about this on our call the other day i was like I'm a white dude in a locker room with with mo- ma- mainly black teammates in football, yeah. you know, and I never once in f- 12, 15 years of playing football, collegiately, high school, whatever, never saw color, never saw there. Those are my boys like in yeah. a, in a yeah. basketball, basketball locker, locker room. room. Yeah. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. Like, like I just those are my dudes, man. Mm-hmm. But I also never. I, and maybe I was young and naive and immature and, and obviously not educated. I never really put myself in their shoes ever either. You know what I mean? I just went around yeah. my business and that was it. And now as I'm older and the Ori uh, Robert video was incredible because I was older. We're all, you know, with the exception of Alex, we're all parents here. We have kids. And um, like that really just like, it made me think about Cole and like, a white kid living in, in Manhattan Beach where I don't worry one bit when he's mm-hmm. out on the street. I just don't. And and again, anything can happen, but I don't worry about that for my son. And and that's scary. And I'm thinking like, gosh, like I need to put myself in my friend's shoes and put myself in RJ's shoes, yeah. my guy, you know, yeah. who has two boys. And um, so I think that what the NBA did was incredible. I think that, and I want to say this, and it's obviously trickling over to all these sports. I thought mm-hmm. what the Baltimore Ravens did was kind of the flag bearer and the trendsetter of, 
hey, we can make a statement, our owner can make a statement and, and all that, but they, I don't know, you know, we can put it on a graphic for the show online, all this stuff, but like they literally listed every single item that needs to happen from charging Brianna Taylor's, the, the cops that, that murdered her to, you know, voting to, to local issues. Like mm. they just said, here's 10 bullet points. This is change. Yeah. And I thought that was incredible because like so many times you just, you just like, Hey, we need to change. We need to listen and we need to educate ourselves. But then what really happens, you know? So I think, and I think that's the whole conversation. So I was really proud of the NBA and then the NFL and these owners, as you said, man, these owners are billionaires. They got, they got the pockets, they have the networking, they have the resources, they have the ears of all the politicians in their local communities. Um, and that's where I think change is going to happen. And I think, you know, the NBA arena is opening up to vote is, is the first thing. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. thinking like, probably like even my teammates, like they don't even, like you don't even go out and vote, you know, yeah. like you don't even think twice, but that's our right. And yeah. that's how it happens, man. So I just think it was, it's incredible this movement and we've seen it. We talked about it a little bit last week on, for college football and, and we're seeing it and it's, I think it's creating change. You know, obviously I'm hopeful for it. Well, well, the, the, the last thing I'll say, cause you know, the, the three of us all have kids and we all are approaching those days and times where we have to have conversations. Right. Uh, Geet, you have two daughters. How, how old is your oldest now? 12. Almost She's 13. 12. Ooh, that sucks. So <laughs> at 12 years old, right. When she gets her skin to 15 and 16, not only do you not have to have conversations with her about, you know, just overall life and, and things that women, you know, deal with, you have to have conversations about how to deal with boys. Like, hey, don't drink this, this, don't, don't do this, you know, don't, don't take a drink from somebody else. If you don't know them, don't go over to, you know, when they're 17, 18, 20 in college, don't go over to people's house late. Don't go do, these are conversations that you have to have with girls specifically to protect them and make sure they know it's like, yo, I can't protect you when you're not here from, you know, crazy people out there, but I can give you the information, mm -hmm. right? I can give you the information. Don't drink too much. Don't do these things. If you're going out, make sure you have a designated driver. Um, and women have to have, and you having all the sisters in the world, all the support, you know, those conversations, it's like, oh, it's you have to protect yourself in these situations. Cause you don't know. It's the same when you have young black men. Mm -hmm. There are conversations that I have to have with my children that are different yeah. than the conversations that you have to have with Cole and that, that you know, in same difference. But it's just weird because, you know, one of them's based off sex, one of them's based off race, and there's still conversations that need to be had. It's like, hey, when you're in a neighborhood, make sure your music is down. If a cop ever pulls you, if a cop ever pulls you over, th these are the rules that you have to apply. These are the things that you have to do because as much as you can say it's in Manhattan Beach, if my kid is rolling around in a nice car and he's doing something silly and something crazy, you know, it's like you're still a target because mm -hmm. they don't know who you are. And if you're driving someplace to a friend's house, they don't know who you are. If you're in the car with a bunch of, it's, you just have to have these conversations. And ultimately what equality is, is that you can sit all the kids down and have the same conversations and everyone understands. And we're not there yet. We're not there. You know, that was the beautiful thing about the me too movement mm -hmm. is that it opened up doors and it was like, no, that, that, that shit's not okay anymore. Like doing these things to females in the workplace, doing these things to young people that you mentor doing these things. And so that's not okay. It was never okay. But now this stuff is getting put to the forefront and you see how many people abuse that abused women, abused females. And just like the three of us, excluding Alex, we will never fully understand what sexual harassment is like in the workplace. 
No matter how much we try and empathize, we will never understand what she has to deal with and what her sisters have to deal with. But the only thing we can do is sit and listen to her stories, see what's going on, and then try and make sure that we raise young men to understand that this is unacceptable. And we have to make sure that we stand up. And it's no different when the three of you will never understand what it's like having to be an African-American in this country. But the only thing that you guys can do, and as great friends of mine, I know you do, is sit and listen to me and understand and then try and raise your kids or behave in a manner that that makes this world more inclusive. Alex, I will say this quickly. Yeah. When George Floyd happened, mm-hmm. about three or four days after, we were at the beach together. Yeah. We were down by the water. Mm-hmm. And I was really struggling. Yeah. As a white male mm-hmm. that has never, like Matt, faced anything like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not nervous when I walk into a store or a cop pulls me over. Mm-mm. I'm just not. Rich said, you need to talk to your girls and you need to teach them and you need to use the words that aren't supposed to be used. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was real. It was a real conversation yeah. we had. And, and I listened, I learned that from that. And, and Jess and I did that. Yeah. And, and real change, it's the responsibility of, of everybody. And for those people that just want those guys to play basketball, no, like, yeah, you, you just, you don't want to hear what's real. Like Rich said, if you, you want to just to, play basketball, you, then you have to affect change. You have to, yeah. you have to, you have to change. Because the, cause, yeah. Yeah. Cause Kareem said this, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, he boycotted in 1968 from the Olympics. He faced so much backlash. He said, people couldn't understand why well, I didn't want to go sit in the big plush air conditioned hotel while my people suffered in the summer swelter. He couldn't, they couldn't understand that. When he first time he ever protested in his life was on the campus of UCLA after Martin Luther King Jr. died, was killed. And someone went up to him and said, a white person went up to him and said, why are you doing that? You're going to be in the NBA making lots of money soon. Like people, it's, this mm-hmm. goes back 52 years yeah. and more, 400 years. Like that's the people like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, mentioned Muhammad Ali, their whole lives. But Kareem said something the other day that, that struck me. Change is happening. We would have never seen MLS, predominantly white. Stop playing games. Mm -hmm. Major League Baseball, which is now mostly all white. Stop playing games. Walk off the field. WNBA across the board would have never seen that before. So change is happening. Yeah. Yeah. And just trust me. But it's hard to change. Well, well, Mm -hmm. the the, the last thing I'll say about this topic is like, whenever you have change, there's always a a pushback. For sure. Every action has an equal Mm -hmm. reaction. It's like, we had, you know, not to get political, but Barack Obama and Donald Trump. Those are two of our most polarizing presidents we have ever had back to back. Back to back. Back to back. One was one way and one was the other. And people couldn't stand one. People can't stand the other. But why are they back to back? Like, that's something that we have to fully understand and look at. Why is it that we had this guy who, like, in the world, was just revered, like in the world. And he wasn't perfect. Barack Obama was not perfect. He wasn't that. But it was like, this man was literally like Muhammad Ali. Like in the world, he was revered, right? And it was like, there was a lot of positive things about him, but he was not perfect. And then you have Donald Trump, who, you know, is a far more controversial figure. Why were those two individuals elected back to back? What, what, what's, what's going on here? And that just shows you there is a divide in this country. There, yep. there is. And it's like the, the, the more you, the sooner you admit it. And it's like, yo, we don't have to be divided. 
We are the United States. Let's be united. Let's find ways to unite. And that's where, you know, I'll always stand by and I always like whether you're a Republican, whether you're a Trump person, whatever it is, you have to be able to sit across and have a conversation. And it's like, yo, I understand your views. Here are my views so that when this happens, you understand why I might be upset. Right. I think that's kind of the biggest takeaway I've had from all this because it has been it's been really tough for me I had no idea that so much was going on I was one of those I guess individuals that was got completely educated once George Floyd happened and everything after that and you found out about Bruce's Beach is that what you're telling me (laughs) well I it's I had known but I had known something different yeah you know it's like the stories that were told kind of like throughout history is different than what actually happens and I grew up in a house divided so I'm very much open to everyone always having different opinions like Mm -hmm. my mom is a hippie democratic Jew and my dad is a very conservative Republican Catholic so my whole life has been yeah. opposites that's a you, that's a cocktail right yeah, there. it's <laughs> polar like yeah. it could not be more opposite and so i've just always i've been raised as you accept everybody as equal you accept mm. everybody's opinion you are allowed to have your opinion you can do what you want we can have an open conversation with it and that's i feel like we're finally getting to that mm-hmm. point in america in sports and in, in everything where we're finally having that conversation we're all sitting here at the table and we want to do something i feel like mm. everybody is eager to want to do something on all of these, yeah. all of these topics, and we're getting there. And it's again, it's as we're getting there. We're getting there. We're we're starting. I feel like we are we are starting the progress, and we are starting the conversation. I think you hit on something huge, and and Matt said it earlier about being in a locker room. And you think about football and basketball, baseball, all different sports. The thing about being united, it doesn't matter if he he or she doesn't look like you or share the exact same beliefs as you. It doesn't mean you can't all be on the same team. That's the thing that drives me crazy. And we see it now more in today's world of sports because of social media more than ever. Oh, that's not that guy. That guy, that guy is a bench guy. He doesn't deserve the championship. It's all about one or two guys. No, it isn't. Yeah. It's about Mm -hmm. everyone on that team. Yeah. Why can't everyone understand that? It's hard. Everyone, everyone on a team. And this is, common sense but you play for one you play for one common goal right? one thing yeah. you're unified you play for a championship and you build chemistry and you build friendships and all of those things in the locker room man like to me it's like one of the most powerful places in oh, in the world yeah. in the country like there's nothing Sacred. more power powerful especially at the professional level when you when you have that voice and, and people look up to you you know i mean people you know lebron and, and chris paul i think has been just a great obviously a great face and voice for the nba for a long time but it, it's like like why can't you know you're united in a locker room you have one common goal mm-hmm. now let's go out there and let's like we're you we it's not as easy as being united as a country because our leadership is so divided yeah. and that's how it trickles down but it's like that's where it starts and it starts with a conversation of hey like I don't care if he's from Louisiana, I'm from Orange County. Like, dude, like, tell me about yourself. Like, you know, you educate yourself and then you learn. And then that, to your point, Rich, about like teaching our kids, that's like why it's on us. Uh, You know, my parents never taught me anything like that. And, and, it's not their fault, but like now we're living in this world where we got to educate our kids because they're the next generation and then they educate their kids. And that's how you create the change. And that's why it's like as simple as voting. Like you just teach them these things, you know, and well, uh, it's. Yeah. And I, I remember this. So we all know the Manhattan Beach Creamery and we have a little taco Tuesday. That's what, you know, the crew always goes through a bunch of kids and um, Luke and his little boy Lawson, little Rich and him are best friends, same age, whatever. 
and you know our our uh, Tony, our our, our guy, uh, uh, one of the volleyball gr- point, uh, one of our volleyball boys. So we walk into Manhattan Beach Creamery, and our kids get to pick like one little thing right before we get out. So Lawson grabs a water gun, and I don't even pay attention to this. Like he's observing. Lawson grabs a water gun, and Little Rich grabs a water gun. And I was like, "No, Little Rich, play it down. We're black. We don't play with we don't play with guns." And I say it just like casually because that's what was taught to me. That was, you know, whatever. I just say it casually like, no, like, no, I'm not getting you anything. Like, we all know the Tamir Rice story. I'm not buying you a pellet gun. I'm not buying you anything along those lines. And he texts me like months later. He's like, dude, that really tripped me out. He's like, you and Luke went to school together. You guys both got drafted in the NBA. You both made tons of money. You both had successful post-basketball careers. You have kids the same age that live in the same neighborhood. You live, everything is about you is the same, but you are teaching your son different rules than he is because you have to. And he was like, that level of equality all the way, same education, same school, same neighborhood, same like success, you know, in, 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 in one career and in another career, all of these things. And then there's a stop where you're just like, Oh no, I understand why he's telling his son at six years old not to play with with you know a a, a, water, a black water gun, and that's where that was an, an opening eye opening moment for him, and so he learned something in that moment. Not that it was malicious or it was funny or just he just saw how casually that came off of my lips, like it was just like oh yeah yeah that's not what we right. do. Let's keep wow. it moving. So you know and the amazing thing about Rich, obviously we have great delivery as everyone knows, but he'll just say that. Right in the middle <laughs> yeah, of Manhattan, yeah, Manhattan yeah. Creamery, I was like, yeah. and not think yeah. twice about it because, yeah. like you said, you were born and raised. Well, that way. And Lil Rich doesn't. Know, yeah. That's the thing. Lil Rich he doesn't yeah. know. Meanwhile, Lawson, Luke Walton's son, has got the Pez candy. <laughs> so he's like, yeah. Lil Rich <laughs> doesn't even. That's the thing. Lil Rich doesn't even know he's black, right? And that, and I mean that in the sense of like, he's five years old. He sees his friends. He mm-hmm. sees girls and boys. Like he does. He's still asking questions. Like you know. Mommy, why is this? Or Daddy, why is that? And it's like he doesn't. The kids don't see that yet, and it's till they get older. Like I had to. They shouldn't no, see they, it. They, That's they the point. It. It's it was, like you are taught to see it. So he's got you know long hair and thinking about braiding it for school. And I was like, hey, uh, little rich man, I just want to you know. I was joking, but I was like, yeah, you know, we're gonna get you a haircut soon, and then I gotta teach you not to let people touch your hair. And he was like, why? And I'm like, because you're because you are you are black and there's not a lot of people here, but this is also not a petting zoo, right? Like, like you are not on display. Like, oh, your hair is so yeah. cool. Let me touch yeah, it. Does it does it get wet with water? It's like, no, like you're not. Like, And that's for all people. Same with women. Women yeah. should not be touched. Or, I'm oh, like, don't touch my face. Don't don't, no, 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 it's like, no, 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 no. It's like, yo, this is things like, oh, this is my hair. Like, but like, no, this is not a petting zoo. Like, you, you are not, you know, you're not an animal. It's like, this is your hair. This is your body. This is your safe zone. No one, you know, and these are random things that like, like have always been taught to us and we just try and express and you try and just tell the next generation. It's a random thing, but that's a part of it. You said the word taught though. Yeah. That's I, the you biggest You just taught issue, me right, right now. I never but even, yeah. I never teaching. Would think about that. We yeah. don't yeah. get taught this yeah. in school. Yeah. We learn about Martin Luther King. You learn about a lot of things, but you, yeah. Right. And then after that, you don't what? know about Tulsa. Well, hey, yeah. how did you, you don't I learn just, these. Yeah. I just learned about Juneteenth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's like, and, and, it, and it's so funny though. And it's like, people don't understand when they're like, well, you know, Fourth of July. It's just like, well, technically, black people weren't free on Fourth of July, and it's like, well, the time that every person in this country became free, and you know, 
separate from their oppressor was Juneteenth. Juneteenth. Because July 4th is when we celebrate our so, uh, separation from our oppressor, which was England, mm-hmm. right? That That's when this country did. But then there was a group of people that were still oppressed, and they didn't get separated from their oppression till Juneteenth much you know much later so like that that's just a part of the history to understand why if people say oh well why don't black people celebrate July 4th and it's like well technically that wasn't their moment that wasn't their moment and so these are things that like don't need to be combative they just need to be taught and it's not in a negative way James Worthy said something to me I thought was interesting from Gastonia North Carolina yeah uh none of this history was taught to him he learned it from his parents and his grandparents mm-hmm. yeah. it wasn't like he was going to school and learning about history mm-hmm. yeah it's it's it, 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 so that's i think i mean that, that has to be frustrating well it's like how did you no no it's not it's not frustrating because I, again i was very very fortunate to have a mom and family that that taught these things mm-hmm. and and talked about these things and understood and like look i was born in south central los angeles lived there till i was eight left because the crime rate was so high you know there it was just so much crazy stuff and um, and so, you know, I just, and my mom had, I have two older brothers and like, let's be real. If you're t- raising three young black men in South central LA, bad things are going to happen to somebody, if not, you know, multiple people. And so that's why my mom moved out to Arizona. Uh, but point being is this, like, how did you learn your volleyball lingo? By playing it. By playing it and taught. Like, yeah. you know, like all your all your football lingo, all the California lingo, all the stuff that we all know that like just casually. I learned like, oh, you know, the coffin corner, all all these little random lingos you pick up from somebody <laughs> yeah. else, you pick up from a, and it's like, it's okay. We're all still being taught. Yeah. There were words that we used to say growing up, like, you know, this is I'm I'm using this as, oh the, the you know that's G A Y or quit being a F A G like I don't want to say those words because yeah. I don't want anybody to use another negative word as an example but yeah. those are words that like were so casual to all of us mm-hmm. and it was like no that is really offensive to mm-hmm. a group of people so it's like you can't say oh oh that's you know quit being G A Y and you weren't even meeting in a literal sense yeah you were just saying it in a manner that was like just playful and just whatever. And it's like, we learned that in the last like 10 years, maybe 10 years that we yeah, kind of like- It's recent like, history. It's recent history. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. That was taken out of our vocabulary in the last decade, yeah. maybe two decades. But when we were all in high school, it could be said casually, jokingly, you know, in a, in a non like derogatory manner. And it's because we've learned, we've gotten better. We mm-hmm. are more empathetic to people's feelings and emotions. And it's like- we didn't need that word anyway. Yeah. Like, I don't care, but it was just <laughs> right. funny that, we like, that we, we we look at things like, oh, the oh this person grew up in a different era. Well, we all grew up in a different era if you look at where we are today. Yeah. Like, in the 90s, you could say some stuff about black people, about this, about that. That's just, it was always inappropriate, but you are more educated now to understand how those words can impact different peoples and cultures and people from different sexual backgrounds. By the way, I think he's on to something. A new segment every week on the Detox. Producer Tyler, get ready for this. What? Uh, words that we should omit. Uh, <laughs> oh, we all bring one a week. <laughs> We're no longer yeah. using. Yeah. Moist. Moist, is, moist is I one like, of those. I like moist. I'm you okay. Would, I'm okay I'm, with I, there moist. are people that struggle is with that like why? moist. Why? And, Wait, my sister-in-law you think hates that word. You think of Nutty Professor. It's like moist. Do you think of the scene in Nutty Professor with anything? There's these words. like I forgot there's more of them that people just can't stand. And I'm just like, Povich is the only white man has ever made me moist. <laughs> yeah, but there's oh, just, yeah, I, I, I'm okay with all of those those random words. I, I just don't understand why people get yeah. freaked out about them, but I think they're funny. So, Rich, I want to get back to something that you said um, 
when you said we're all like we're all able to learn new things and we're processing new things that maybe weren't things that we noticed yeah. 10 years ago. And I think another big thing now that people are more comfortable with is kind of talking about how these things are affecting you. Yeah. That is a big thing. I mean, we, we saw all the players in the bubble come mm-hmm. together, talk about the effect that this was having on them. I mean, I can't even wrap my head around the fact that they have been in this bubble without 50, their support 50, systems, 50 something days without their support systems, without their families, Trying to process all of this by themselves in a room. I, mental health has finally been something that's like actually been talked about. I know you've had a couple yeah. teammates talk about it. It's something that I have been through and struggled with my whole life. But it's also something that I think really plays into what's happening right now. Everyone learning so much and having this overwhelming just rush of education and things that we're learning. Everything we just talked about mm-hmm. that maybe we didn't know or maybe we didn't understand before. How do you feel the world is accepting, especially athletes right now, coming out and actually talking about how they feel? Well, look, as all of us are athletes, we've all been in dark places. Yeah. Right. Oh, yes. Like it, it, It's crazy. Like you can you can have the greatest job and be in a dark place yeah. where it's like because you're so competitive and there's other things going on, but you still have to go perform. And a lot of people have that in all of their jobs. I'm not saying that our jobs are different or are unique, but there's a little bit more public eye on our pressure job. Too. And that makes it a little bit harder or pressure, personal pressure, family pressure, team pressure. You know, there's a lot of different stuff, but it's like. I just want to say this. We we focused on isolation, right? And we talk about all the isolation with kids. Like, what is this going to have? What are the long-term effects this isolation is going to have with these kids? We got to get them back to school. But no one's going to talk about these 20-year-old 20-year-old kids that are now isolated for two, three months up in a bubble. Yes, they're making money. Yes, they're doing this. But you show me, I can show you a list of hand, uh, a long list of people with a lot of money that are really screwed up, mm-hmm. yeah. right? That are really screwed up. So let's not, let's not <laughs> make it about Money does not buy you happiness, happiness. No. by any means. Yes. And I, you know, everyone, m- my point is this, is like, we have to be more empathetic and more sympathetic to what these individuals are doing, you know, across all sports and, and what teachers are doing. Not just, not like, you know, teachers trying to connect with their kids via Zoom. I saw this thing the other day. Uh, where these kids who didn't have Wi-Fi were going to the Taco Bell with their, like, they were going to the local Taco Bell because they had free Wi-Fi. And ultimately, like, people found out about this and they got them, like, a hotspot. But it was like, they didn't have that. And they're doing, like, internet via, like, these are kids that normally would be able to go to school and get Mm -hmm. breakfast and get lunch and then go home and, you know, hopefully things would, you know, they would have money, you know, or food, you know, at home. But here they are, like, isolated from friends, isolated from a school, doing, you know, their homework in Taco Bell. One, these kids need to be commended, right? Because I wouldn't have done any homework. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have just been like, I ain't got no internet. I would have been that kid that yeah. showed up. And oh, like, yeah. you, saw, you saw the the kid that, that screenshot said reconnecting on his Zoom and yeah. it was like fake so that he oh didn't have to my. go. Okay, oh, we're going we're gonna to dive into that topic yeah, a little I, later yeah, when I, we get to life I, at home. Yeah. But I want to get back to just as an athlete and, and all these players and Matt... <laughs> For What's you so particularly, so I for I'm laughing at me because I you were arguably like the biggest college football player of all time. I personally didn't realize how big you were until that makes <laughs> me so happy. It was so <laughs> you guys. I didn't realize until we were like year one through the podcast five years ago. Someone's like, I think it was producer Mike. He's like, Have you not watched his thirty for thirty? I was like, What? 
No, I watched your 30 for oh 30. I was like, oh, shit. I just realized Matt oh, shit. Matt's, Matt's, Matt's no, like a really not. big deal. Yeah, he's like ago. a really big deal. You're like, I he's mean, so not. mediocre at yoga, but he's actually yeah. a big deal. It's like, I've seen him play volleyball. Like, I've been friends with him. Like, I knew like he was a big deal, but didn't like know like how big of a big deal. That's a lot of pressure. Well, I appreciate that. that you although don't. I'm not a big deal. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think like I look at the most recent is Paul George, right? Yeah. And he's, he was getting crushed, and and it's like two bad games. Playoff P was three. trending. A uh, three bad games. Playoff P trends, and and I'm I'm guilty. I click on the hashtag and I see all these things, and I'm just like, but I also can sympathize, and I also understand, like yeah. like these dudes. Male, female sports are like, we're, we're all human. Yeah. Like we all have emotions, whether you're making $10 million or, or $100,000, like, like, like you want to be great at your job. Like you think Paul George goes out there and like tries to go two for 14, like fuck, no, he doesn't. Like, <laughs> yeah. He wants yeah. to go 14 to 14, but yeah. not everyone goes to their work and has a great freaking day. Yeah. Um, but the problem is, is, is as athletes, we're put on a pedestal and, and we're on TV or, you know, we're, we're in that platform where everyone watches. So there's a lot of pressure and expectation. And you just mentioned like dark places. Like I don't, I'm fortunate. I've never dealt with, I don't deal with post mental health issues. I, I never really dealt. I, I don't think I dealt with mental health issues uh, in general, but like, like you guys will remember this, Alex, you may not know. Um, but like, you remember when, when I was playing and the pictures came out of me in the hot tub. Yeah. Stupid. And I could get into the whole freaking backstory of that. We will one yeah. day. No, it, it, by the way, it'll, it'll disappoint you because nothing really the, happened. No, I, listen, but, I, I'm, from, I, I'm from Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. I, I know Scottsdale and Tim P. The, like there the, was nothing but there. But the problem was after that came out, that's when I'm like, you know, I'm fighting with my coach and I really, you know, Kurt Warner's on my tail. This is his just, he just made that three year epic run. And like, I was in a, dark place for like four months. Like I didn't go out of my house. I lived in, uh, at that time I lived in Chandler and yeah. I was like, I didn't oh, go wow. out of my house. Um, I just wanted to, like, I wasn't, I didn't want to face the criticism, you know, ESP and all these like, like, you know, it was just, it was, it was rough, man. And, um, you know, I learned a lot from it. Obviously it made me, it made me realize I have to be more careful and all that kind of stuff. But I just think like, like, like mental health. And I know Kevin Love is a big advocate yeah. and DeMar DeRozan came out a handful of years ago, USC guy. So, um, it is a real issue that that I don't suffer from, but I do understand the amount of pressure that these guys, male or female, are on on yeah. a daily basis. And like, they just want to they just want to do well at their job. You know, yeah. they want to they want to you know that's what they were born to do, right? Just hoop like they they're hoopers, man. And um, I really commend Paul George. I think he came out right out. That was the first yeah. time he came out and talked about yeah. it, right? And he talked I didn't about know that. Yeah. And he and talked just, about it situationally. Like here, I was in a dark spot and I got the help that I I needed. And it's like. That's the thing is like we and this and, and not that saying that we need to ever make excuses, but we just piled on him. And so this man is playing poorly on a championship team. Their team is struggling and like we're piling it on him. Just being like, you because know, we're all focused purely on statistics yep. and basketball. That's Winning it. and losing. Yeah. Winning and losing. And you're just it. Not not saying that anybody needed to take a step back and just be like, look, maybe he's having a difficult time in there being separate because then you feel like you're making excuses for an individual. But the truth is. That's a very, very unique situation. No different than how we see all these elevated numbers and all of these guys are like scoring and shooting. There's also a flip side to that. Mm -hmm. There are people that are struggling there as much as there are people that are excelling there. There are people that are playing at a level that I'm going to just say that they normally wouldn't play at mm -hmm. because of the environment they're in. And there's people that are going to struggle worse than what they normally would because of the environment. I, I can't, like for training camp, you know, we had, we were 21 days, 23 days, 
usually away from your family. Like in Arizona, we were up in Flagstaff and we were at NAU and, you know, you could, you know, they could come out for a scrimmage or whatever. But like, I just remember when you're, you're in a dorm, you are like 7 a.m. to 10 o'clock at night, just football. And you, you, you're like, it's a grind. And I, and so like, and you miss your family, you miss your friends, you just miss going to dinner, man. And and it's a time to bond and all those yeah. things. But this bubble is much different, man. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. like, they're like 60, like, I don't know, if you go to the NBA days. finals, you'll be days. there for what, 90 days, like yeah. three months without seeing your family. I, I know, well, I think fa- they, families they get, are just they get now to come, coming, but yeah. like, and you're locked up in a hotel room, you're getting tested, you're getting a swab up your nose every day. Like, it is <laughs> like, I, I just would, I would just ask people like who just, you know, who go to the office and work, like, how would you feel if you're away from your family for 90 days? Like, you'd be freaking miserable too, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but the but the difference is, is there's not millions of people talking about you online, you right. know? So well, that's key. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, social media has been, uh, it's a blessing and a curse. A by, blessing, yeah. a blessing and a curse. And mental health for me is kind of put into two categories. One, I think it's always been there. Mm-hmm. For athletes, you could never talk about it. Oh, no. It was taboo. Mm -hmm. It would be looked at as a weakness. Mm -hmm. You didn't have a platform to talk about it. Now we're seeing Kevin Love, DeMar DeRozan, so many athletes, male, female, across the board, people that make millions of dollars, people that have struggled in their sports. Here's what I'm dealing with. I'm not going to be afraid to talk about it Mm -hmm. because I need help. Never happened before. Mm -mm. The social media aspect of it that Matt's talking about is real. Oh, yeah. Think about those guys in the bubble. What do you have to do? You play your game. You go back to your room. You hop on Twitter. You hop on Instagram. It's it's unreal. It's not good for your mental state. How people treat you. It's horrible. Uh, I have the smallest example that I always laugh about. It was like 2007 or 8. I didn't even know chat rooms existed. (laughs) And someone sent me a link from back in 2004. Yeah. Beach Volleyball Greece Olympic Games. And they're like, dude, you got to see this. And it's a chat room, and they're crushing me. <laughs> this Geeter guy is such a hack. What an idiot. He's so bad. What's he even talking about? It's four years later, so I'm like, guys, I wasn't at the Olympics. That's not Chris McGee. That's Chris yeah. Marlowe. <laughs> but it affected you, right? You Dude, were like, it ra- oh, yeah. Ra- I wanted to fight everyone. I wanted to <laughs> literally find out who they were and go fist fight, like Steve Nash, Temecula, let's go. Yeah. And, and I was like, what is going on? So it's taken me years, like, I didn't know chat, like, listen, the world is still very young when it comes to technology. Stay off, stay off of Reddit. It's social media, stay off. Yeah, stay off <laughs> Because when you find these links, you're like, oh my God, because it can infuriate. Now imagine hundreds of thousands and millions of people, imagine trending, because you went one for 12, uh, and people saying, this guy's trash, he sucks, you read it. That, jumping on, that put oh, that oh. on your back when, wait, wait, when you have wait, when you wait. have mental health issues. I'll, I'll add a, one more layer to it, yeah. please. One more layer. So I call games, Matt. I, I know you're in studio. Have you called games yet? Oh, I've called one, but no, I'm studio. You're more gonna games. get there uh, whenever you're ready. <laughs> it is. There's a stress <laughs> to it, dude. Anytime there is a basketball game, if it's Chris Webber, Reggie Miller, whoever it is. These people are destroying oh, yeah. trending, them. trending, guaranteed. Oh, yeah. Like it's like, yo, guys, Chris Webber has like Chris Webber is awesome. Like he's a great dude. He's out there just like calling a basketball game, and it's like, and it's like, and it was the same thing with like, uh, uh, not Tony Romo, um, Jason Witten and Booger McFarland. Oh. These guys are just like, look, I'm just a retired. I love the game. I want to come out and I want to talk about it, and people are just 
murdering them online. And it's like, yo, that's one thing when there was a player and you're worried about your performance, but then you're like, I'm retired and I get more criticism <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. I don't blame Jason Witten for going back and playing football. Yeah. He's like, I'd rather deal with CTE than deal with <laughs> than deal with this type of mental instability yeah. with all the people criticizing me online. What I love is your approach to it, Rich, because you are like the king troll. Have, have you guys experienced Rich on his like Instagram lives he, every day? Yeah, he doesn't follow me, but yeah, I, I follow him. What? You don't follow me? Wait, can we? I've texted Rich That's a, a million times outside of our group chat. And I never get a response back. I don't know. I have 19 numbers. You know? You're yeah, probably like texting like, 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 Reggie You know Bush. what Reggie that does to my mental health? Numbers. That does a lot. I'm, I'm rattled. <laughs> Why won't he follow me? What's wrong? Am I not funny? Am I not good enough? I like to keep work separate from my personal life, Geet. So yeah, this is work. I understand. But yeah, I Trolling helps me just because it I was does. fortunate where like it was a good thing and a bad thing. I, I stayed off social media until I retired. Right. Not that I couldn't see and it. You messed with Snapchat. But Snapchat and you to brought me was not Snapchat, real. Snapchat like when you it was a summer of rich after you run after yeah. you won the NBA championship with LeBron and you were like showing people sleeping on the plane. Like yeah, you went yeah, deep yeah. really fast into social media. Because Snapchat, you know, it was funny where it was like it was a playful random thing. It never stayed up there. I viewed it as like it was like it was like playing around on TikTok where it's like you were making funny videos. Yeah. That's not social media to me. That's not the same as Twitter. Where it lives that, forever. Where, where it lives forever. Or okay. Instagram where it's like people are just like eviscerating you more on Twitter than anything. Yeah. But it's like I thought I was like oh if I'm making funny videos with my teammates like this is content that like here you and on top of it I don't ever see it. with with Instagram or with Snapchat you never saw a comment page. You never saw what people were saying about you via uh -uh. Snapchat. Say so like, you know, so it was like for me, it was like I could put all of this content out there. If you like it, you like it. If you hate it and you want to tweet telling me to shut up, I would never see it. Yeah. If you want to go to my Instagram page and tell me you hated me, I would never see it. So it was easier to be a content provider uh. and then not have to deal with anything that people were saying. That's the only reason why I played with Snapchat so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. And that was Makes it. Sense. Are, you, are you on TikTok? No. No, I'm not. Dude, I'm not I, a I, I'll go down the rabbit hole. Same, but I just every... I just started going down the rabbit hole with the reels, with the oh, reels oh, on Instagram. So, yeah. so you just sit there and you're well, it's like, like TikTok. Yeah, it, it's, it's exactly the same. Thing. I think TikTok. we should we should do a TikTok dance for one of. No, nah, yeah. I don't dance. Oh, no, did I you, only boogie. Cole made Cole made Matt do a TikTok oh, dance. How was that? You guys, that was terrible. We, like I, he taught me the what, dance. What was ten seconds before we did the dance? I'm like, dude, what do you? What, what, yeah. But what was his pitch? He gave you a good pitch, a sales pitch as to oh, why he, you should do he it. He goes, "Hey, Dad, like I think you can go viral. Let's do this dance video." And I'm like, "Son, I'm like, no one really gives a shit about me dancing." <laughs> On a TikTok video, and he's like, "No, I really think it, I can't." So we did it. He got like two thousand views. Oh, <laughs> no, that's nothing, dude. That's nothing. That's oh, like, oh, it's bad. That's like getting ten likes on an Instagram oh, picture. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Okay, so can I ask you guys a question? <laughs> yeah, but it's pretty funny. Not you, good. not you yet, Alex. Okay, fine. You guys both have older kids, and people know you guys, right? So whether it's always in public or or you know you know locally or nationally or whatever, like when your kids are roaming around, and it's like. Dad, do you have to talk to everybody, right? I, I've seen Millie say that, like, and I know with you know with Lou, uh, you know, uh, with Cole, and he's now playing sports. My kids are so young now that they still don't process it, right? They don't understand anything. They don't say anything. They just, Daddy, why do people keep talking to you? Right. And it's just like I don't know, buddy. 
what is like is that a weird thing like as, when, when do they kind of understand it and kind of get used to it are you saying like friends or like strangers no, no, strangers random, people. random, random people. people like daddy do you they, they ask me like oh daddy is that your friend is like no nah, i don't know that guy <laughs> i think for for well for me it's like really the last co- cole my oldest is going to be 14 next yeah. month so like really in the last year or two like he really gets it and it doesn't phase him anymore like yeah. he, he'll be and again like i'm like been retired for a long time and like I feel I've been out of the game for a yeah. long time but like the other day I think it was just a couple of days ago we're walking and Cole and I are walking I forget where we were maybe we we're downtown Manhattan or something and some dude walks by he's on the phone and I was oblivious I'm just walking and yeah. he was talking to guys he goes like hey I just walked by Matt Liner and I didn't hear that but Cole was like Dad, that guy just said he's just walking right by you. But but it was like, but it was, no. it, it was, it was really funny, but like it didn't phase him. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say, like, I mean, Little Rich, they're little, but like the six, seven, eight, nine, it was like, Daddy, like, why, they, why does that person want to take a picture with you? Oh, you know, and then you try to explain, like, yeah. oh, I don't know, something, you know, like whatever. And it would happen all the time. It doesn't happen, obviously, as much anymore. But I think teen, 12, 13, I, I don't know how you girl, the girls are, but like, Cole, it just it flipped the switch. Where he, one, he just didn't care anymore. Yeah. It's just like, okay, dad. Or, and he'll take a photo for, for the person now. <laughs> yes. You know, like that. that's where it's they get to. It's your greatest photographer. You're going to get to a phase with It just, dude, Phoenix. things happen really fast, yeah. dude. Yeah. You're, like, you're two sons, Phoenix and Little Rich. You're going to take them to Disneyland. Yeah. There's going to be phases through this where they're going to be like, <laughs> <laughs> why do people want to take picture yeah. with daddy all the time? Yeah. Then it's going to be like. Then they'll get pissed off that you're stopping all the time. Then they're not going to like it. Yeah. Then they're going to be like, why are you stopping and talking to everyone? <laughs> and then they're going to be like, you don't even know that guy, do you? Yeah, and then they're going to think it's funny, yeah. cool to their and then friends. Start, and then yeah. they're going to start messing with then you. Then it's cool to yeah. their friends because dad's famous. And then they just move on then and don't care. Dude, I, I, the, just, the phases. Oh, shit. That's true. Is <laughs> I right? The, I'm right and on. you have girls. God bless you, man. Yeah. But like the phases that you'll see with your boys, like. From five to eight to ten to twelve, I was just thinking the other day, like, like I loved like cuddling with Cole when he even when he was ten, dude. Oh, like it was the greatest. I cuddled, dude, right I cuddled now, the shit out of my kids. Right now, stuff. it is like, Dad, please get the hell out of my room. <laughs> no, 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 and it's like tough, dude. It it, it happens really. You're like, fast, you know what? Man. Fine, yeah. I'm gonna have another kid. I don't need you anymore. Oh, dude, <laughs> it's like it's like. Oh but then, but then, but then yesterday he's like <laughs> he's did. like, Dad, let's go play horse, man. So we played like five games of horse in the backyard. That's awesome, and that's our that's our father son time. Yeah, like hanging and talking shit to each other yeah. and like but it, it it goes by so my only advice would be like enjoy those those days man because they like oh I, uh, my kids it's like I sit, on, I sit on Ugh. if they're not laying on me and we're on the couch i'm mad yeah. like dude what are you doing over there come come sit on daddy come cuddle what are we gonna watch and then they're like well you're gonna tickle me and i'm like yeah but it, that's just gonna that's just what happens oh man it ends though yeah, it yeah, does. and i'm sure i mean girls are are god girls are a lot different than boys okay yeah, since sure, we're yeah. on the since we're on the parent talk here and i don't I've, i'm the only one here with no kids <laughs> <laughs> i just i right now in this time because you guys are all working full-time you have kids in school at home i feel for you so hard do I don't feel, feel for, for you. Don't feel for me. Don't feel for me. Are you still Disney dad? Does everyone know what Disney dad is? D- don't don't feel for me. Do like, we feel? I, I'm going to be legitimately honest. Like, okay. I, I am so blessed to be in a, in a position. Don't feel for me. <laughs> don't feel for <laughs> okay, me. Okay, Geet, Matt, I'm going to feel for you guys then. <laughs> All right. I'm going to feel bad By the way, but Rich, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rich hasn't answered multiple... those phases yeah. yet. I haven't, I haven't. I'm three and five <laughs> yeah. and we have a live-in nanny. Yeah. So it's like, uh... I, I, I won't sit up here and be like, yes, it's so, I. but the, it is, it's like I have empathy for others. Yeah. But I always say, it's like, listen, don't, 
I'm fine. Like during quarantine, <laughs> we had a third person. Like wow. it, it was yeah. like it was awesome. Like they helped. So it's like my situation. Like I won't sit up here and be like, God, that's got to be so tough. Like I have any clue <laughs> how tough it could be. I have no clue. I want to. Peter's fuming over here. If you can't, I want to meet you halfway and fight. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I know. Like it bothers me in my core <laughs> to hear you speak right now. He's fuming. Because I want to go back to when I was in fifth and sixth grade. And people said, "Don't worry about this shit. You're never gonna need it again. You fucking lied to me. Uh, oh, you, now you need. It. Now you gotta help. Because them. when that train leaves the station going 600 miles an hour, to, uh, now I gotta know it again. Yeah. And I'm trying to look at Google and I'm trying to find out because I don't know anymore. Oh, yeah. your teacher By the way, did did, did 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 like the acad the academic the curriculum the math? It's way harder now than it was. When it we sure were young, seems right? like it. Oh my god! <laughs> you don't use it, you lose it. It sure seems like it's Google. Google is the best. Last best. week was amazing. Luca, my littlest, nine years old, started school. Do you still have Encyclopedia Britannica? (laughs) They're at my parents' house. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, it was the first couple days of school. Yeah. And I'm going surfing in the morning with Millie. I went to my workout. I'm going to work. We're like day three. (laughs) Jess is like, my wife, I haven't left the house. (gasps) Luca's been in school, you know, like the whole time. She's letting you know. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, honey, what do you, what do you got tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, she teaches Pilates. She's had to like not teach. Like, yeah. she, there's sacrifices. Oh, you're getting, that you're getting good points now, right now. By the way, Jeff. back in March, in April, and May, when this is all going down, there were struggles and there was a different kind of beast because you didn't know it was yeah. coming. Yeah. And we dealt with it in different ways. And that go back to all the other mental health thing. But this is now, we know it's coming and it's the readjustment and the learning. And today, Luca, we're going A through Z. What's a landmark in California that starts with B? C. D. And I'm oh like, my God. Like you're supposed to do this. <laughs> and there was no Google. It's now worst, now we got Google. Now we got Before Google. you had Encyclopedia Britannica. Uh, That's yeah. all you had. I, I had a few, a few uh, um, examples of I just wanted to take coal and just throw them in the pool. Like, <laughs> and, and, and again, March, April, May, everyone had no clue what was going on. So like, you're just trying to every day. Survive. And again, I'm like rich and blessed. Like, with jobs and I'm, and my job allows me to be home, which is great during, you know, the off season anyway. So I, I can't complain that much, but as a teenager going into eighth grade, oh. like eighth grade is a really pivotal year. You're yeah. getting ready yeah. for high school oh and, and all gosh. those things. And like I, my wife and I, and, and, and we all, we sat him down the other day and we're like, listen, man, like these are the rules. Mm-hmm. And, and I threatened him with his phone because that's like his phone and his, is his Bible dude. Like yeah, yeah. TikTok, all that yeah, shit. Yeah. Um, like the policing of your kid at home during school stresses me out. It's like it's it's actually just it's giving me anxiety. <laughs> I can feel so, both of you guys over there just so like, Matt and Geet like all summer I was like usually I love fall because I get yeah. to work and Cole goes back to school. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, Perfect. Like, yeah. like, well, one, I'm I'm working barely because yeah. we have college football's only another story, and he's still at home. So it's like <sighs> It is a lot, man. Like it is, and it stresses me out. And we have a newborn who's actually easier right now. Oh so, um, uh, just get back. <laughs> to Give me school, a newborn, please. <laughs> By the way, like, oh man, dude, it's it's a grind. Well, dude. Well, like nine year olds are watching Outer Banks now because well, it doesn't matter. It anymore. doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. What are you talking about? I look, my kids, like my kids, get scared of Ducktales. <laughs> Outer my kid, Banks. My, my kid, Pogue Life, baby. <laughs> yeah, my kids, I loved Outer Banks. Oh, me too. Yeah. It was so yeah. good. Oh, yeah. I love it. Oh, my kids, my kids used to get scared at DuckTales, right? At the beginning of this, yeah. little Rich, our Phoenix, couldn't stand DuckTales. Yeah. It was a little too Woo. scary for him. Yeah. 
And now, like two days ago, he's watching the the he's watching the DC movie with Wonder Woman and Batman, but it was on Turner, so there was no cussing and yeah. not like graphic. But he's sitting there like, Daddy, there's Batman. And I'm just like watching like Batman and Superman fight, and he's just like He's just numb yeah. to it now. He's like, man, oh, I've man. seen so much oh, stuff scary. in the last like so four much. months. I've seen so much so stuff in the last four months. I don't care. Outer uh, Banks plug, dude. I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know what is Outer Banks. I didn't so realize outer, there was a thing till it was trending, and I was like, what is it? It was like the Teeny Bopper, the It Show so that, that like, everyone was outer watching. Outer Banks, North Carolina, is a show about kids. How old are they? Probably like I mean, just like when high we're, school, when high we're school, six teenagers, and you watch like they're under eighteen, not like. I don't even know. Like a show, like popular show. Like Listen, it's it's like the OC. It's got sex. It's got drugs. It's got, drugs. It's got 10 episodes. Good looking young kids. And, yeah. and, the, and now Adventure. the kids are watching it because you can't stop it. And it's COVID era and no yeah. one cares anymore. That's like, if that's going to sit you down, fine. Uh, yeah. So Dude, like, Cole, Cole and Zoom, he Zoomed. <laughs> Worked out in the garage and played basketball all during a class yesterday because no. for an hour and a half block, they were only, it's early on. So they yeah. had like a 20 minute Zoom and they were done. Yeah. So like, that's what he did during school at home for an hour while he's in second period. I'm just like, yeah. dude, just get Luke is doing burpees today, my nine-year-old in the middle of, <laughs> of the floor. And, and I'm like, what's going on? She's like, Why are you making your daughter goes, do burpees? She goes, no, she goes, it's PE right now. I'm like, um, oh my gosh. Good for her. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I was happy, but Dude, I'm like, but, but, at home. But, like, but this is the thing. Like, we are all we all sit up here and we're so fortunate. The one thing I think about, I don't care about any of your guys' problems. Zero. <laughs> I don't care about any of your problems because I know you. I know that like, if you're bored, you grab your kids, you go down to the beach. I truly like my my biggest issue and where I think about like people and I like I I worry is like I was on free lunch. I was I had free breakfast. Yeah. Like, it was sucked because you had to get to school super early for the free breakfast. And like free lunch always sucked too because like your ticket was like a different color than everyone else's <laughs> ticket, so they always knew. <laughs> so it's just like yeah. after a while, I would just like not eat or just like get there. Like I, I would like ditch class. I would just do random things because I was an idiot. But it's like you think about those people that really needed yeah, that need food. Like that like schools were a huge portion of like how they fed their families, and now these kids are at home. And like my wife is astounded how much my three and five year old boys eat. Imagine like a ten and a twelve year old boy with tons of energy, and you're having to feed these kids without that that supplemental, um, uh, you know, opportunities in school and yep. stuff. And it's like I worry about people because that's a large portion of our population. Yep. And so you just start to think about that, and it's like those are the people that I'm like. If this would have happened when I was a kid, if I was 10 and my parents' financial situation with three boys that were all on free lunch that are all like that, like, and I know there's tons of families out there like that. It's like, you know that there's some tough spots going on right now. Rich, I talked to to a friend. I I talked to a friend that was like, you know, his 14-year-old daughter, 15-year-old daughter, now sophomore high school. He's like, man, she hasn't really left the house much in months. Like, there are those kids that go, oh. I'm okay to stay in my room right now. I'm okay to not go outside. I'm gonna watch. T- I'm gonna watch all the Netflix and I'm gonna do my work. She's doing great in school, but yeah. not. That's not healthy. Mm-hmm. No, no, not interaction. Yeah, not going outside. That's why, like, when there's a break in the action, let's go outside for a few minutes. All right, yeah. get back in there. Like, you need that. It's yeah. so crazy. But this goes back to what we were talking about before. I didn't know that that was a thing that kids got free meals at school. This yeah. was something else that I learned during this time. It's just there's been so much education oh, and yeah. so much just yeah the great I think awakening. It was like it was like orange and everyone else's was blue. They didn't even make it like light gray I mean, yeah. and dark gray where it didn't stand out as yeah. much. You would like hand do like the whole hand handoff. <laughs> it was like you just like ah it was like and it was like and it was it was cool man like I I I. 
love those things because it makes me so much more appreciative of my position and it makes me actually teach my kids Mm -hmm. a much better appreciation. You want to know what my little asshole son said today? Can I say asshole? Yeah. uh, My bad. Little rich, right? So, you know, my wife's a big time cook. Like, that's like her favorite thing. It's the same in your family. This dude... She, there wasn't a lot, whatever. She's making him like prosciutto and like, like there was like, like oh. a, a tomato salad and all this other stuff. She put down the prosciutto. He looked up at her and said, is there no melon? And I was just like, <laughs> like, I, like I'm going to be really honest, people. Like those things I struggle with. Like I, I struggle like internally, oh. like. Am I doing, and that's, he's a five-year-old kid. He doesn't understand, but normally she's, she's a big time cook. Yeah. She goes into well, Whole she's Foods. And she's European and that's yeah, very and she's European. European. Oh, and it's you like wrap they wrap the melon, melon and the prosciutto. Yeah. No, 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 with the melon melons. balls. Yeah. yeah. He wanted it wrapped in prosciutto. And a lot of times because she's a big time cook and we don't have a daughter. So she's like, get the boys in the kitchen and they bake with her and they cook yeah. with her. So they understand the process of the food and how it's presented and not just like, here's the meal. When I grew up, do you want to know what was for dinner? Whatever my parents put in front of me, yeah. right? It wasn't and like, you didn't uh, complain. And you didn't and, complain. And, yeah. Now it's like, uh, this is what I want. I want this. I want that. And you're just like, I, I, I don't want to like punch my kid because he's five. But like, <laughs> in like one more year. There's a famous line we, from Caddyshack. Long a movie, long time ago for some of you people. Spalding. The nephew or the grandson is walking. Yeah. I want a hamburger, a cheeseburger. I want a chocolate shake. <laughs> I want French fries. And Ted Knight, God bless his soul. You'll have nothing and like it. You'll have nothing and you'll <laughs> like it. And it's like you just don't you don't know what to Tyler do. Knows. You don't you don't know what to do when your kid says that because you're like, there's a part of pretentiousness that we feel, but I don't feel like he's being pretentious. He just likes melon and prosciutto. He likes that meal. It's like you put oatmeal in front of somebody and there's no like brown sugar in it. You're like, is there no sugar? It's like what's what's going on? You just don't know how to like interact and like punch him without getting in trouble. We, <laughs> real quick, I yeah. had so and we were probably the same, obviously, like I grew up middle class, but like it, my parents worked and like you just ate what you had. Yeah, and yeah, we yeah. grew up in Santa Ana, wasn't a great area. Like I went to, we went to Disneyland maybe once a year yeah, yeah. and like we went to the forum to see the Lakers and the Kings in nosebleeds once a year. Yeah. Once a right. Year. And that it's was awesome. like the awesome. highlight. Awesome. Yeah. Like my kid has been to, <laughs> yo dad, we're, we're, we're four seats. Again, uh, yeah. That, that was the point I'm making. It's like, He's been to so many sporting events. It's not even fun that for him. It does, he, and he's been in the locker room, and he's been, and that it, it doesn't it doesn't even face him. Like oh, I don't really feel like going to Lakers Clippers game one this year. It's like wait, what? I'm what? like Lil Rich. Lil Rich was so, all, yeah, Lil, dude. I, it's, I, it's tough. I get it, man. And it, Lil it's, Rich just held Larry O'Brien. Yeah, in his hands. Lil, Lil Rich was on my lap during the picture. And he had the thing. Yeah. Then the then the the fall when we got our rings, the uh, the Cubs were playing the Indians in the World Series, and we're in a box, and he's just sitting. All he wants the world is his melon and oh, prosciutto. I got one more thing Dude. to say. That's yeah. it. Education. Next man, week, all, all we yeah. next week, I want a tray of prosciutto from you <laughs> yeah. and mel- And I want those melon balls. I want them that cantaloupe is, and, the, and the other one. Dude. That, that's I, I kid you not. That's it for me. A funny uh, show. Like my one of my favorite shows, Kenya Barris, Blackish. It's uh, so. It's so accurate because <laughs> the premise of the show is there are two individuals that came from nothing and worked extremely hard, but their kids don't have the same values yes. that they did, not in a negative sense, but like one of my favorite episodes. Black AF? If you, yeah, on, yeah, on yeah, Netflix, yeah. But Kenya Barish, he's done, he's done so many shows, did Girls Trip, done so yeah. much stuff. One of my favorite episodes, and this is going to be random, he saw two parts. He's walking with his kid to school, and he's walking with his kid to school, and a black kid walks by, and he just kind of walks by, and he, and he looks at him, he's like, wait, you didn't? 
you didn't you didn't nod at him and he's like what are you talking about like son as black people whenever we see another black person in the area you make eye contact and you nod you you he's like and then the next one he's like next thing you're gonna know you're gonna tell me you don't scrunch your face when you see a big booty he's like what are you talking about he's like son do you not you don't scrunch your face if you see he's like you don't see a big booty and be like "Ooh, look at that he's like that's a part of our culture. How has no one taught you this? And I'm just sitting here like, that is true. Something <laughs> just, so just missed the generation. And oh, it was like, shit. that show does such a funny thing of so like funny. pointing out, like when you grow up in a different situation and it's not negative, but it's just like, they just don't have the same experiences. His kid yeah. wants to play field hockey and he just is like, <laughs> but he doesn't want to play basketball because all of his friends are playing field hockey. He wants to play like lacrosse. He wants to play hockey. lacrosse. He call himself the field mob and yeah. it drives him nuts. <laughs> drives him nuts. And it's like, yo, it's true. That stuff is real, man. That stuff is real. Uh, and on that note, you guys, mm. I so appreciate this episode and this conversation. I know it wasn't, uh, it's not always the lightest, but life isn't light. Yeah, life hey, life you isn't driving, light. You, you driving the car. You guys, yeah. we did it. Thank you guys for watching us live here on Caffeine. If you're listening to us on iTunes, remember that you can watch us live on Tuesday, 12 p.m. Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. And that's all we got for you guys today. Thanks, producer Thank- Tyler. Yeah, we're Thanks out. for hanging out, guys. Same place, same time next week. All Let's right. Let's get it. Butch oh, McCray. Oh, I got Ricky it. Yeah. That's a great. <laughs> Blue chip. <Neon> <laughs> the quality. The-